You're listening to episode 135 of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast, and today we are covering the topic, five things related to your health that you should not do in 2020. Hey there, and welcome to or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. My name is Danny. I am your host, and on this podcast, I am focused on sharing with you different ways to increase your energy, decrease your stress, and save you time so that you feel empowered to go after the life you want. Today, our topic is focused on nutrition and not so much your intake, but what you should carefully consider for not taking in. So the inspiration for this episode came from coaches of mine who covered 25 different fitness tips leading up to Christmas, and I am putting my own spin on these topics for the new year. I took the 25 tips and broke them down into five different categories, the first of which was last week's episode, so 134. We talked about five foods that are being recommended as healthy and highly encouraged for you to include more of in the 2020 year. So make sure you check out that episode if you missed it. Now, before I dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to join my email list and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any podcast episodes in the future. I also send out show notes in my podcast emails weekly so that you don't have to take notes while listening to these nuggets of wisdom. So definitely pause the episode and click on that link in the show notes to make sure you're a part of my list. Now let's not waste any time and jump into these five nutritional categories that you should highly consider not taking part in in 2020. Number one is don't drink your sugar calories. Y'all, it is so incredibly easy to drink your sugar calories and not realize how much sugar you're taking in. We probably all know that a 12 ounce can of soda has, you know, give or take 39 grams of added sugar. That is insane. And perhaps you think that one a day is not so bad. And depending on your genetics and exercise style and goals, perhaps this is something that you can do and maintain. But for most of us, it's not. Consider sweet tea. Personally, I don't enjoy sweet tea but it's definitely a thing in the South and I kind of cringe when I see these large vats of tea being made in restaurants and cup after cup after cup of sugar is added to it. Did you know that one single serving size of sugar is one teaspoon, which is four grams of sugar carbohydrates? One cup of sugar calculated out is 200 grams of sugar. Can you imagine if you make a pitcher of sweet tea every day at home and it has one cup of sugar in it? Yeah, you might be sharing it with a few other people in the house or friends that come over, but how much sugar are you drinking and not realizing it? Even things like fruit juice, unless that juice is freshly squeezed and nothing's added to it, you're probably drinking some sort of a processed packaged sugar added drink. So my recommendation here is simply to become more aware of what you are drinking consistently that has a ton of sugar added calories in it. A small tweak here might totally change your 2020. Number two, don't overcook or burn meat. This one is important for a few reasons. One, I know proper charring on a grill brings out some lovely flavors, but when you take it too far, your meat gets really dry and it loses flavor and it's no longer enjoyable to eat. Um, like it's texture wise, it's just not quite there, right? 
But also, the more you overcook or burn or reheat foods, the more those foods lose some of the nutritional value they once had. So you have to find the happy medium with that. The second part of this is kind of the cancerous effects of overcooking meat. I'm not going to act like the expert here by any means. I've not read the research on it, though I would recommend that you look into Dr. Lane Norton. I know he's looked into this and he has done a few YouTube videos on the topic, and I've watched some of those videos. It's said that overly charred or burnt portions of meat can give you an increased risk for cancer. Now, that's not unlike a lot of other foods out there too, but you do see this in a lot of marketing and media and magazines that, you know, certain meats are going to give you cancer. So my limited understanding here is that you would have to eat a ridiculous amount of the charred portions of meat for that to happen. And, you know, red meat alone is not going to give you cancer when it's a well-balanced part of your entire nutritional intake. So if this is a concern for you, simply don't burn or overcook your meat maybe cut off those charred or burned portions and make sure that you're eating a well-rounded diet full of whole natural foods. Number three is don't eat refined carbs. So refined carbs, if you're not aware, are simple carbohydrates that, you know, includes sugars and refined grains that have been stripped of things like bran, fiber, and other nutrients. So essentially, when you look at the ingredients on a nutrition fact label and you see the, you know, different words like, like bleached or enriched or some sort of a phrase that describes the fact that your packaged food has been highly processed and altered for palatability... You just might want to reconsider your choice. Oftentimes, this includes breads and pastries like white flour, white rice, sweets, uh, breakfast cereals, those kinds of things. All of these things will digest more quickly than whole foods or unprocessed foods. And with their high glycemic index, it can cause blood sugar spikes. So when your bloodstream is full of sugar from these processed refined carbs, your body is triggered to release insulin to handle all of that sugar and then get it out of your bloodstream. Often you're gonna find that you're hungry pretty quickly after eating refined carbs, thus going back to the kitchen, back to the buffet, whatever, um, etc. It's It's quickly digested energy and it's not usually utilized to fuel a workout or to fuel your body properly. So frequently this you know, food and the sugar likes to settle around that waistline. So in a summary on this one, I'm going to remind you to revisit the ingredient list on the nutrition fact label and consider another option if you're questioning the food that you've picked up. Or if you can't read all of the ingredients on the label, try to just find another similar item that has less ingredients total on that nutrition fact label. I used to drink five to six espresso beverages a day. Yes, local coffee shops and Starbucks loved me. However, I also had a lot of stress and feelings of anxiety. I was tired of being tired and tired of being stressed. I mean, what kind of a life is it to drink excessive amounts of caffeine in order to function daily and then be so wired that you have to take way too many sleep assistance supplements to fall asleep? So what changed things for me? Prove it ketones. This powder that I shake up with ice and water has given me the natural energy I had been craving. The energy that kind of makes me feel like Wonder Woman because instead of my heart beating out of my chest, 
I feel laser focus and mental clarity to the nth degree. Yes, it's literally insane. <laughs> Best of all, I don't have to follow a ketogenic diet to continue receiving these awesome ketone energy benefits. I can just shake up my drink and conquer my day with energy that doesn't also bring along stress. So if you're curious, which I hope you are, then I invite you to watch a short video about this energy supplement at danny.experienceketo.com. Again, that's danny, D-A-N-Y-E, dot experienceketo, K-E-T-O, dot com. Seriously, I don't want to go a day without private ketones. Number four, don't fear fat. So for real, you guys, fat is not the thing to fear in 2020. Fats are an extremely important macronutrient and your body needs fat to function properly. Your organs need fat to work and your fats also provide like a level of insulation and cushioning for your organs and your body in general. A certain level of body fat is healthy and that number varies per person. To give a little perspective, when I was dieting down for my bodybuilding shows, I did get to a point where I was eating about 30 to 35 grams of fat per day. And at that time, I felt like anything more than that, even after I was done competing, was like way too much. Now that I haven't competed in a year and a half or so, I probably take in anywhere from about 50 to 70 grams of fat per day. And that feels really good. Like I just feel a lot more mental clarity and mental focus. And again, everyone's different, but I don't want you to fear the fats. So in general, and this is based off of what I see with my clients and myself, if you're eating say four meals a day or maybe three meals and one to two snacks, you're probably in a decent place if you're eating 10 to 15 grams of fat per meal. And kind of a disclaimer here, I'm totally not telling you to go and eat this amount of fat per day and your health problems will be solved. This is just where I see some common ground with clients and myself. So just think about it and then maybe track your food and see where you are and see if you are in a place where you need to make an adjustment. So if you do have a question or an interest in what you should be eating or how much, then I would love to hear from you by emailing me danny at the dietdoc.com or DM me on Instagram at Danny Phillips and we can start a conversation there to come up with something that's more individualized for you. Number five is don't go on a diet. This is really, really great advice. And while most of my clients come to me searching for a diet, that's not actually what most people want when we dive into it. So once we sit down and we kind of get into the consultation, we generally find that nobody wants the quote unquote diet. What they want is results. They want a body composition change. They want more energy. They want to fit into their clothes better. They want to improve their sleep hygiene. Even when someone wants to get on stage for a bodybuilding show, like, we're not doing this because we want to diet. We're doing this because it's part of the necessary steps to shed the fat and add lean muscle mass and, you know, kind of shop up the beauty and the grace and rock the stage and be the best versions of ourselves. And it's not about, I want to diet. It's about what does the dieting, you know, portion of this bring to the table? How does this help me reach the end result? It's the end result that we want. So I don't know. My focus is not on dieting people. Um, we want to add that lean muscle mass. They want some sort of, they want something that's going to give them long-term sustainability. Even if you are going to the stage, 
eventually you know that you need a plan to come out of that dieting phase and you need to focus on metabolic building and or reverse dieting, whatever term you want to give it. Um, we want something that's not going to result in a yo-yo effect. And you've probably done some random magazine diets that tell you you'll lose a ton of weight in a short period of time, and, and maybe you do. But what happens again when the diet is over? Then you usually fall back into those previous habits. You gain the weight back because you didn't have healthy habits to implement in the first place. So if I can encourage you to do something different than diet in 2020, it would be to implement healthier habits that bring you towards a long-term sustainable lifestyle. Okay, to quickly recap, today we went through five different nutritionally focused action items that you should consider not doing in 2020. Number one, don't drink your sugar calories. Number two, don't burn or overcook meat. Number three, don't eat refined carbohydrates. Number four, don't fear fat. And number five, don't go on a diet. So good. Okay, if you are driving or at the gym and you love today's message but couldn't take notes, then I totally have you covered. I want you to check out the link in my show notes or on social media to sign up for my email list and those show notes will be sent directly to your email inbox. If you're already on my list, then the show notes are probably in your inbox right now, so definitely go check that out. Um, if you like a grocery shopping list with a breakdown of macronutrients, that I also have a link for in the show notes below. So... But I just, when we talk about nutrition, I always want to offer that up. It's one of the first things I give my clients. It's a, it's a list that's sectioned out with the different macronutrients as well as the different types of certain macronutrients. So there's a section for fats, a section for proteins, a section for fruits, a section for vegetables, a section for, you know, more of those starchy carbs, the grains, the legumes, the, the beans. So you can really see how things are sectioned out. And then you see how it's all broken down, like each type of food by the macronutrient group as well. So super helpful. It's a great starting place and something that you're probably all thinking about at the beginning of 2020 and reaching those health goals. So that's there for you. Okay, that's going to wrap us up for today. If you have a particular recommendation for nutrition trends that we should not fear um, and kind of banish from 2020, then please share that with me by emailing danny at thedietdoc.com or sending me a DM on Instagram at Danny Phillips, and your Fit Tip might be featured on the next episode. Again, make sure you're subscribed to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast so that you don't miss out on future podcast episodes. And next week, our category of discussion will be five health hacks to avoid in 2020. So again, if you're looking forward to that, make sure you're subscribed. I hope you have an amazing week ahead of you, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye for now.